0: Reaching across the country for the biggest sports news this weekend. From Atlanta to Seattle, from Boston to L.A., this is Big Sports Radio.
1: Well, we made it. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley here in early December. We look ahead to the games here on Big Sports Radio, and we're going to go more in-depth Uh, here in this hour on the Big Ten matchup in uh, Indy, Michigan, with some swagger, pimp walking into Nap City uh, this weekend to take on Purdue. Um, You know, talk about uh, walking with some swagger right now. How about college football leaders everywhere, presidents, chancellors, athletic directors, head coaches, you name it, and uh, all the media people as well, everybody uh, with a little bling. Rose Bowl uh, earlier this week deciding, yes, they will play ball. They were the last holdout of all the bowls, to sign on to this new agreement to make the college football football expansion work. And um, basically, it's a pot of about half a billion dollars that was at stake. Uh, have no fear. Uh, Pasadena is in, and uh, we're going to move forward. 12 teams starting in 2024.
2: Yeah, I think it's great for college football. Give us more teams an opportunity. You know, everybody complains about seeing the same teams year after year in the playoff, and they're still going to be there. You know, Alabama's still going to be there probably every year now. Um, and, and so, you know, Ohio state's got to probably going to be there most years and so forth and so on, but it gives those other teams a chance. You know, you, you look at a team that's playing in a conference championship game with these auto bids now, a Purdue LSU, Utah, all these teams now have a, you know, or, uh, even Kansas state. Now they would have a chance to play themselves into this, uh, this playoff. I mean, we know Georgia and Michigan are locks, but this year, but. And and they would be locked in any other year, but now with 12. But now you know that there are other teams that have a chance to get in there.
3: Yeah, and this conference championship week takes on a new life because if Utah were to beat USC, oh, well, they're not going to make it into the into the tournament um, with four teams. But with with 12, they would. And so now all of a sudden it's another week of games that mean a lot more. And then you go into that tournament, and that tournament's gonna rival the NFL.
2: Yeah, and, and Mike, like you mentioned, the USC, USC's getting punished. They would be in the playoff right now, but they're getting punished by having a conference championship game. Yeah, doesn't yeah. seem right.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again to kind of match what basketball does, if you win the auto bid, you get in. Um, and that just would be uh with so much fun. It's time. I mean, it's it's you know, look, the four team was better than the BCS. And the debacle we had back in I think it was what 2012 with Alabama, a third place team in the SEC, playing LSU, a team that beat Alabama during the season, getting another shot for a title. Uh, that was the lowest watched BCS game since the last time you had a third place team playing for the title in Nebraska against Miami back 20 years ago. So this is a good thing. Four teams get it gets us out of that, and then now 12 teams. I'm just surprised they expanded to this level uh, this fast to go from I thought it'd be four to six or four to eight. To go from four teams to 12 teams so early um, is amazing. But I'm with you. I think it's uh, it's good for the sports, and um, uh, it was inevitable anyway. I still think it gets to 16 eventually, but that's, a, that's for some time down the line. Um, Mickey Joseph, the big story that happened here midweek, uh, the Nebraska interim coach taking over, former Husker great football player, um, finished off his interim uh, uh, tenure by getting the upset win at Iowa last Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. The next day, Matt Rule has hired his head coach. And then Mickey Joseph, um, arrested for allegedly trying to strangle his wife. Uh, it's just a terrible domestic situation, um, in, in, uh, in Lincoln. Yeah, we're not sure what caused it.
2: We, I mean, I, but that is a crazy situation. <laughs> she must have been unhappy he didn't get the job. I, I don't know. And he was too. So it uh, caused some friction at home. But I, I, I just hate to see these things. It's sad. I, hopefully can get a workout. He can get some help. And, and you know, we'll let the authorities sort it out. But, man, it's a shame to see this happen to a guy who had a $1.5 million a year parachute right there for him, even as an assistant coach, wide receiver coach, assistant, associate head coach under Matt Rule. So, and, and that's probably off the table.
3: Yeah, it's a, a sad situation, and, and, you know, it it just goes to show you how quickly things can churn, turn in life, and and hopefully people will appreciate what they have and try to keep that in mind when things go rough.
1: Agree, agree. We all believe this is extremely serious, which is why I'm not going to bring up the name Latross Freewell. Um, meanwhile, Michigan and Michigan State, uh, you know, that a few weeks ago, um, that incident in the Michigan, State, Michigan Stadium Tunnel, that took place. Uh, we saw several Michigan State players suspended after that, and now they've all received the punishment. A lot of the guys, uh, the games have been suspended. That's gonna that will be their punishment. Uh, but there's a, one guy I think that's gonna actually sit out for eight games next season as a result. And they also blame Michigan State for not controlling their Michigan. I'm sorry, Michigan Stadium, University of Michigan for not controlling the situation.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a really ugly scene. You know, I mean, this was uh, this was not what college football is all about right here. You know, guys throwing helmets at each other and swinging helmets in, in the tunnel. That, that's not what you want. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you hopefully that the, these guys understand that the severity and the seriousness of what they did and um, they're going to, they're going to serve some pretty severe punishments, large fines, suspensions, and uh, you know uh, being charged with actual, you know, assault felonious assault. Um, this is a big deal. I mean, you're, you could serve jail time for this stuff. So I'm glad they aren't taking it lightly. And I also hope that the kids learn from it.
3: Yeah, especially when they had the issues with Ohio State, um, you know, previous. You had Penn State, <laughs> then Michigan State. So there was there was a variety of things going on. Let's hope that this uh, brings the Mich- Michigan Tunnel back to a place that doesn't have this type of behavior.
1: Can be a, a tunnel of safety, a tunnel of love. If you yes. would. In, in Ann Arbor. Uh, absolutely. Uh, That'd be a
3: good song. <laughs> it's
1: a good idea. Yes, it would. We'll, uh, we'll let you start writing it.
3: <laughs> yeah, or, or listening to somebody else sing it and do it poorly oh, myself.
1: Absolutely. We're just getting started here. Coming up next, we're going to get into um, this Big Ten championship game, number two, Michigan. Now, the Wolverines, as we said, swagging their way into Indianapolis to take on Purdue. Uh, with the, well, the inside track to a spot in the college football playoff. That's on the way. You're listening to Big Sports Radio.
0: They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them
4: at neonrain.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything.
5: 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380.
1: We're back here on Big Sports Radio. Larry, Mike, and Brad, and it's the Big Ten Championship. Not the game that we predicted. I mean, we thought it would be, you know, either Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, but Purdue working their way in the Boilermakers. that looked like they were gone uh, a month ago when they lost at home to Iowa, uh, but they go in and they beat Illinois. Uh, they see Illinois lose to Michigan and they come through, get the big win last week over Indiana and make their way in Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh. Now back to back trips to the big 10 game for the first time in program history. Uh, he made sure to keep his remarks clean and uh, stayed away from giving anything that, Purdue could use for motivation. Let's listen in to part of his news conference from earlier this week.
6: Uh, yeah, right where we want to be. Um, playing for uh, the championship—that's uh, that's huge. That's big. It's uh, and it's sunk in. Um, and just a great thrill, great thrill of winning, great feeling of uh, victory. You know, just expressing that to our players and our coaches, how appreciative we are. Anybody that uh, loves Michigan, I mean, I've got so many texts from uh, from people everywhere having trying to return them but uh, and yeah now uh, to do that again you know come back uh, here on Monday and and do everything in our power to uh, have that that feeling again uh, after this after this game which will be the biggest game in the world to us the week before was the biggest game in the world This past game was the biggest game in the world to us now this game is the biggest world biggest game in the world to us and Uh, Going about the the preparation, the uh, the study of our opponent, uh, the meetings, the practices, uh, and getting ready for this game, so we can have the same feeling of of winning and thrill of victory.
7: Jim, you've talked a lot about the closeness and selflessness of your team, and how how would where and when and the depth develop? It doesn't.
6: You know, my opinion has been, it's been here, you know, uh, for a long, long time. I mean, uh, throughout uh, 50 years ago, you know, uh, that's, that is, that is the Michigan program, the team, the team, the team, Bob. I mean, I know nobody knows that better than you. It is now and, uh, and we expect that uh, to uh, go on into the future. It's definitely some remarkable uh, players that, you know, they have also been raised that way are that way and, and will continue, you know, to be that way. I mean, so many, so many of the, so many of our guys are like that in every way. I mean, I could, I could give many examples uh, uh, if you'd like a ton of guys like that. I mean, I mean, Donovan Edwards, uh, for example, I mean, he could have, he could have taken a knee in this game, you know, instead he wore a cast, and now he's a legend uh JJ McCarthy uh you know, could have been a guy like hey I'm I'm JJ McCarthy I'm a five-star quarterback didn't I'm not here to hand the ball off you know and uh never I mean he's uh he'll do anything for the team he'll block he'll run down the field and block for a running back you know 50 yards down the field uh you know do anything uh the team put his put his shoulder down and score a touchdown at the at the goal line you know, now he's a legend I tell you you know it's it's hard for Michigan coming off
2: that big win right I mean that's a difficult uh you, such an emotional high and it, it, then you got to go back and you got to play a team that you know Michigan knows they're better than Purdue now it doesn't mean they're going to beat them but they know that they are better so Um, I think it's very interesting to see how hard, and boy, am I, I'm really impressed with Jim Harbaugh. I wasn't at times during his tenure, but he's done a great job of remolding what Michigan is. And he's become, you know, two years ago, remember, they were like ready to move on, gave him a pay cut and everything. So it's crazy how guys can turn it around.
3: Yeah. Sometimes fans have to be patient, which is, goes against the fan uh, rule book. Um, it, It seems to me that, that Harbaugh psychologically, has had the number of the Buckeyes since they beat him last year, and he has continually been ahead of them. He's designed a team to beat the Buckeyes. Now they go in. um, If anybody can get a one-game game game plan to put pressure on a defense, it's Jeff Brom. But like Brad said, I'm not certain they've got the personnel to pull this off.
1: You know, it's one thing you're right. Getting back to the game last week in Michigan, look – you know we, you might have thought Michigan might win the game did you think they'd double up ohio State's score no of course not did you think they could double up ohio state score without blake corum uh, you would have been out of your mind
2: yeah, i well i I'm still don't believe it <laughs> I, i'm not, I, I saw it and i still don't believe it no <laughs> it's it's really it was impressive i mean you know what they the big plays were just astonishing because that is not michigan they had been pound the rock, control the clock. And now they became big play, throw it 60 yards, run it 80 yards. And we get touchdowns. It's just, they, they did do Ohio state what Ohio state was doing to people all year long.
3: Yeah. And and I lost faith in Ohio state at the Northwestern game. If Ohio state can't decide it's windy, we're going to run over Northwestern and we're going to stop them from running over us. They had too much trouble in a victory that they still won. and. That played into what I thought that Jim Harbaugh is focused on designing a Michigan team that's there to beat Ohio State. And his prescription is we have to be tougher than Ohio State. And right now, the last two years, Michigan has been the tougher team.
1: Well, and let's take that before we we go to break and and bring in um our friend Clayton safety from the Wolverine.com. Ohio State it, it seems ridiculous to say gee you win 11 and one let's fix what's broken but in columbus i mean in, in in buckeye land i mean they're disappointed this week because their team's sitting out and watching on tv what do you do if you're ohio state and ryan day because you only lost one game but it was the one game that you couldn't lose
2: well you better win that game next year right and next year you got to go to ann arbor to win right. that game so yep. it's not going to be easy but you know, I, I, here's the thing about Ohio State. They still have a chance to get in that college football playoff. Right. So we'll see what happens. They need a TCU loss may, and a, maybe a USC loss or one or the other, and they probably eke in. If they get in, then, you know, you couldn't really right a lot of wrongs if you're able to maybe beat Georgia and then get another shot at Michigan in, in the national championship game. That would be a lot of fun. The,
3: the question is, is, let's say they eke in at four, They pull off the upset of Georgia and TCU beats Michigan, Ohio state. Let's say they win the national title and Ohio state fans are like, yeah, but we didn't beat Michigan. And then (laughs) Michigan fans spend the whole year going, yeah, you you didn't beat us. And maybe Ohio state fans will be miserable over winning a national title. It's
2: it's possible. That's how important that game is though. That's how important they, I was
3: told that I was told that very scenario that they don't even care from Ohio state booster today (laughs) wow wow as god is my witness now win a national title we'll see if his if his tune changes but that's what he said as as of you know today
1: put a little salve in that wound after ohio state losing to michigan at home for the first time since 2000 and the first uh, back-to-back losses in this series for the buckeyes since 1999 Uh, and 2000 certainly uh, something that just does not happen very often well we'll get the michigan side coming up our friend clayton safety from the wolverine.com always has great insider info remember last week we had him on the show and he closed with saying it's an ohio state win we'll see what he says now today that's next on big sports radio
7: If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune Legal Support Line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-363-7934.
5: 800-363-7934. That's 800-363-7934. Paid for by Legal Alert Line.
1: Leave me alone.
5: When a child shares hurtful comments online, that's bullying. Visit EraseBullying.ca to learn how to help your child stand up to cyberbullying.
1: Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio right back here on the BSR Larry Mike and Brad joined by our friend who's uh, becoming a regular here on the show and we're we're, we're glad for it Clayton Safey of the Wolverine.com uh who was just on last week before the game in Columbus and Clayton I remember that you were not too optimistic about the outcome of this um pleasantly surprised I'm sure at the turn of events in Columbus uh, uh after the Wolverines get a win back to back wins over the Buckeyes
8: well, didn't I hear about it from some of our readers over at the Wolverine.com uh, for, <laughs> for not picking Michigan and hand up. I was wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, it's much more pleasant here heading down to Indianapolis, uh, you know, this weekend. So very excited for that. But what a game. Um, just one of the better performances and talking to people that have been around here a, a heck of a lot longer than me. Uh, one of the better 60 minutes of football that Michigan football has ever played. One of the best second halves that Michigan football has ever played. One of the best games they've ever played down in Columbus. Um, certainly the win margin uh, indicates that. Win by 22 points the most. They've won down there since 1976, I believe. Um, so just incredible. And now you have a 12-0 Michigan team. Haven't done it since 1997. And uh, they feel like they are uh, you know, a team that should win the Big Ten and, and compete for a national title here.
2: I mean, is it, You know, I don't think the surprising thing was that Michigan's defense was able to slow down the Ohio State offense. But how shocking was it with the big plays that Michigan kept throwing out? Because that hasn't been their kind of, you know, you saw them against Illinois. They couldn't get the big plays the week before. But against Ohio State, it's just big play after big play.
8: Yeah, and that really kept them in the game early because they only had 10 rushing yards at halftime. And they needed J.J. McCarthy, the 19-year-old quarterback, to step up and make a few plays. He had been completing about 45% of his passes in the previous three, four games coming in. He only completed 50% in this game, which is amazing to actually look back at because he was so good um, you know, in what they asked him to do. But you're right, the 75-yard touchdown to Cornelius Johnson, the, the 69-yard touchdown to the same receiver in the first half kept them in that game. And then once the run game opened up in the second half, you had a balanced offense that was really, you know, dominating, and you broke off some big plays in the run game. So um, that's exactly what they needed. I think we talked about it last week, guys, where I said, um, you know, it would be tough depending on Blake Corum's status. Obviously, you got five snaps from him, and two of them, I believe, were kneel downs. They it was kind of cool they brought him back out there at the end uh, for those. But the fact that you had other guys step up at receiver position, tight end position. Offensive line, quarterback, running back with Donovan Edwards, the backup, uh, was amazing to see. And it all kind of came together. But those big plays, you're absolutely right. Kept them in it early. And then they were able to kind of wear them
3: down late. And Michigan looked like they weren't tired. And Ohio State looked like they were a little a little flustered. So from the outside looking in, it really appears like Jim Harbaugh has designed his program to beat Ohio State. And it looks like he's honed in on toughness as being a key component of that. What are you guys seeing from up close and personal to that program? And if that's correct, how what has he done to make this team become a bully to the Buckeyes?
8: It's such a good question um, because I remember listening to, I believe it was Dave Wonstadt, Uh, former coach, and now I think is still with Fox. And he said that when Jim Harbaugh got to Stanford uh, and he took over, I think, a two-win team and they only won five or six games his first year, which is pretty impressive given, you know, what he was inheriting. But within a year, Wanstatt said that they became the most physical team in the Pac-12 and he wanted to kind of, you know, be the yin to the yang over there where it's a little more aired out, you know, don't play as much defense. Well, we're going to beat them with you know, more toughness and things like that, which is funny to say because he was a former quarterback, like, and he loves to run the ball. You know, people are frustrated about that at times here. You know, why aren't we passing more things like that? But I mean, they instill it on a daily basis and I don't really know exactly how, uh, but it, it starts with his mentality, the coaches that he has. I mean, the things they preach, the things they work on in practice, I think they tackle probably more than some other teams throughout training camp and things like that. Um, and really thinking about that and looking at the difference between what Ohio state in hindsight. Now, after this game, it feels like they tried to manufacture that a little bit more over the last year. Um, and you've seen some of the signs up in their weight room and their locker room that have kind of surfaced over the last year. It says toughness, physicality, things like that, things that they were lacking in the game a year ago. Um, but I don't think you can manufacture it like Ryan day. I mean, he, he tried to, but, um, there's just something that comes from the top. It's kind of just the way that they run the program on a daily basis. And he's tried to do that ever since he's gotten here, but now he has the culture in a place where I think everybody's bought in and they are now proving to themselves that it can work. And that's when it kind of is able to feed on itself.
1: Talking with Clayton Safety of the Wolverine.com. And you're exactly right, Clayton, that I think that for right now, Ohio State, um, Ryan Day mentioned openly for the past 360 some odd days, Um, the open wound and the scabs that they later had still from last year's game. Um, Now Michigan just tore those off and now you've got some fresh ones. Uh, The pain is there for another year because this game is uh, is so important. Let's talk about in terms of the the Purdue Boilermakers now um, and a team that Michigan can't get caught looking ahead, Purdue an unlikely uh, finalist coming in from the West uh, with some guys that um, were not highly uh, recruited players at some of the skill positions and yet, here they are as West Division champs, and they've been finding ways to win, and and so that certainly has to concern you.
8: Yeah, they found ways to win enough in the Big yeah. Ten West. I mean, it was really close. They kind of backed their way in a little bit, uh, but somebody was going to have to, based on you know guys dropping uh, you know games that they probably shouldn't have. So Purdue, um, I will say, this is going to be a team that's probably going to give Michigan its best shot. They've done a good job as underdogs under Jeff Brom. Look at Aiden O'Connell. I know his brother passed uh, about a week ago or so. So uh, prayers out to him. But um, uh, he's a really good quarterback. And I think when you have the element of something that you can do really well, you're the the team that throws the seventh most passes in America. Um, And, you know, Michigan's going to have to be ready for that. They can't be thinking about last week's game. And I don't think they will be based on what they did a year ago against Iowa in the Big Ten Championship after beating Ohio State. Talking to the players this week, they say that uh, they they feel like this year they expected it a little bit more than last year. Last year they were out to prove they could do it. Uh, now they're kind of proving that, you know, they're here to stay.
2: So, Clayton, I'll let you – I, I got to ask a question. College football playoff, you, you, the players can't look ahead, but you obviously can. Do you <laughs> think Michigan's in now, and where do you think – let's say they win this weekend, where do you think they end up as – which what seed?
8: Yeah. Me looking ahead doesn't do any harm. So that's good. And the fan base as well. Uh, people always you know, say, Oh, don't look ahead. It's like, it doesn't matter what we do, but um, yeah, I think Michigan is probably in either way. Obviously you'd like to win probably stay at the two seed unless Georgia loses, you would move up to the one. Um, but I think right now, if things hold, you're probably playing TCU um, depends on what happens in, in some of the other games around the country. Could Ohio state sneak in? Could you rematch them at some point? Uh, that's really interesting. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, there'd be uh, an insane game and insane matchup to see. But, um, yeah, I think you feel pretty good about your chances that, barring something crazy, I think Michigan's in. And they're probably, if you look at the odds, they have the second best chance to win the whole thing. It's amazing. We're saying that uh, when I was, you know, talking a week ago about how I thought they were probably going to drop a game in Columbus. So. <laughs>
3: Yeah. How do you, how do you think uh, Harbaugh is preparing for this game? Is he looking to blow this thing open early and be done?
8: Um, He'd probably prefer that. Uh, He was saying uh, first rule of champions is don't let up. So, you know, they're, they're going to come out and probably, you know, throw a couple punches like that. You saw it with a couple trick plays early in the Iowa game a year ago, maybe to get his guys going and make sure there's no complacency early on. But uh, I think you want to get probably ahead in this game and, and make Purdue just kind of drop back and and throw a million times. And you can get your pass rush going. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, starting fast would be big in this one. So Purdue doesn't gain some confidence because they have done it. They're they're not called the spoiler makers uh, for nothing. You know, they, they can do this thing. So, uh, you know, and they can make it a game and you don't want it to go into the fourth quarter like that.
9: I love
1: it. Eight o'clock Eastern kickoff on Fox, the Spoilermakers and the bull and the Wolverines uh, for the big 10 championship. His name is Clayton safety. Good friend of the show here, the Wolverine.com. Clayton, enjoy the trip to Indy and uh, we'll talk with you again down the road. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Clayton safety, the Wolverine.com. Make sure you check it out for uh, all the best news on the maze and blue. Stay with us here. We're the big sports radio, Brad, Larry, and Mike. And we're back after this. You're
0: listening to the big sports radio network. With Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy.
7: It's
1: championship weekend, and uh, guys, a lot of games out there, and and it's fun. This is always a great time of year, uh, every year, when you look out at this and see all that every game means something now. Uh, Conference championships, of course, we start with the big one, the Big Ten. Number two, Michigan, taking on Purdue Saturday night in Indy.
2: Yeah, the Wolverines coming off the huge win, uh, upset win at Ohio State. And, you know, Purdue kind of, you know, they they struggled a little bit at times, but were able to pull out the win against Indiana to get into the uh, championship game. Had to have some help from uh, Nebraska. Nebraska had a, uh, you know, had a stranglehold on Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> anyway, um, this should be a game where I think Michigan's, you know, clear favorite.
3: <laughs> yeah, I- I think uh, Michigan's a clear favorite. Of course, one of us did pick Michigan to defeat Ohio State down there. I'm not going to say who his name was, but one of us would that, did. Would that be you, Mike? Yes, it would have been. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How did I know? Yeah. I, you know, and I'll be honest with you. I, I thought that Ohio State has, was so explosive on offense, and Michigan hadn't been explosive on offense but they certainly showed the capability against the Buckeyes to make the big plays. And, and now they play Purdue team that also can make big plays.
3: Yeah. And I think that offense and defensive line that Michigan had was the big difference and Purdue, you know, Aiden O'Connell, our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Let's hope he has a great game coming off of some very tough circumstances with his older brother passing away.
9: Yeah, no question about that.
1: What a what a way to cap his uh, just incredible career. Um, you love to see those underdog stories of a guy that says, I can play at this level, and goes out and stars uh, at that level, Boilermakers and the Michigan Wolverines. In the SEC, it's a 4 p.m. game, CPS, on Saturday. Uh, You know, it was uh, about 20 years or so that LSU team went into Atlanta and uh, upset uh, a Tennessee team that was headed to the national championship game. Um, The Tigers did not look good last week against Texas A&M. But can they pull off the upset and and knock Georgia off the ranks of the unbeaten? And I think Georgia would still be in the playoffs, but certainly would not be the number one seed if LSU can do that.
2: Yeah, you know, you, you look at that and you say, um, you know, LSU going into, they were saying if they would win out, even with two losses, they might get into the college football playoff, but then they laid an egg. Now, I will say that somebody told you last week that Texas A&M was going to give them fits, uh, even though, and that would be who, Mike? Uh is that Larry? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was not. So anyway, no, I, so I don't think, <laughs> I think uh, Georgia, I think has proven to be the best team in the country, but. As we've seen, you can lose, and if Georgia lose this game, see, I look at this now with LSU having those three losses. Does this is this a worse loss than maybe Ohio State losing to Michigan? I, I don't, you know what I mean. So you start yeah. thinking at those things, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Georgia's in for sure, so I think that's a little anticlimactic. But I think they want to be the one seed too, instead of the three or the four seed as they get into this.
3: Yeah, and I think this LSU team. Because they're a little bit inconsistent. I I think they could come out and play the game of the year um, or we could see them get blown out. That's the beauty of watching LSU. Um, You don't know what to expect.
1: One of the fun games that every year down there at the Mercedes Benz dome. And uh, we'll see if the weather, let them have the uh, roof open down there at the house where the Falcons play big 12 title game. Number three, TCU, the Horn Frogs. One of the great stories this year in college football and really, K-State, also a great story. They just happen to be uh, just behind him, um, at, at right now, ranked at number 10 of the CFP. Uh, but the Wildcats trying to knock off the Horn Frogs and really kind of create some chaos here.
2: Yeah, I think if TCE loses, they're out. I, yeah. I don't think they can sneak in with one loss when you got teams like Ohio State right there um, on the cusp, you know, with one loss. Um, and, and, you know, the other side of it is I'm not sure they get in if they, uh, a two loss Alabama team might get in ahead of them right now. You know what I mean? As they start moving down those, those rankings, but yeah, I think Kansas state, I'll be honest with you. What I thought from this game, I think Kansas state and TCU, you know, just played right recently. And it was a barn burner of a game down to the wire. So here's the way I look at this. I think that, um, if, I think if the key for TCU was Kansas state getting in this game and not Texas, because I really think Texas, would have been a better matchup. I just like the way they're playing right now. Mm -hmm. And if Texas would have been the team here, then I think that TCU may have gone down. I think they find a way to survive another game. Maybe it's the last second field goal again.
3: Yeah. And I I think this is a very interesting game because Kansas state was up 28 to 10 and ended up losing 38 to 28. They've got a lot of motivation to come out here and get that, get some revenge. Obviously, TCU is extremely well, coached well with Coach Dykes and his offense is incredible. Should be a really fun matchup, but I, I don't know that i dismiss Kansas State so quick.
1: That's a noon Eastern kickoff on ABC. Also on ABC at 8 o'clock Eastern, the ACC title. Number nine, Clemson. Uh, boy, was right in position to be one of those teams if one of the teams ahead of them fell. But the big upset loss against uh, South Carolina and Mr. Rattler at quarterback uh, knocks them down. And they're playing for uh, other goals now. 23rd ranked North Carolina is their opponent to the ACC title game.
2: Yeah, Clemson is just not the same team or program. I mean, I know they're still recruited at a high level, but since the Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence era, they've just been okay. And and that's not to say they're ranked ninth in the country. That's great. That's fantastic. 10 and two, but they're not, they're not at that elite level anymore. And, And they're playing, I'll be honest with you. You look at their, they're playing in a pretty weak conference overall and so they're they're still dominating the ACC, but you know for national level they go outside the conference and they lose to South Carolina and Notre Dame.
3: Yeah, North Carolina is is one of those teams that can be just incredible, um, or they, you know, they have a couple bumps in the road that you just don't expect. So if I had to put my advantage, I think I think Clemson's the better team. I think they've got the more consistent team, and I think they'll come through against uh, the Tar Heels.
1: Got one minute left now. Friday night game packed to 12. Uh, it's funny. On my notes, I wrote pack 10. So, <laughs> soon we'll be again. You're old. You're that's old, Larry. Exactly, I'm old or I'm really young. Uh, 11th uh, ranked Utah and fourth ranked USC. The Trojans, if they win, are they in?
2: Yes. Trojans win, they're in, they lose, and it opens the door for Ohio State, Alabama, whoever, you know, one of these teams that's just behind them.
3: Yeah and if and if they win that just means that Oklahoma will be the bitterest state in the United States for that uh weekend.
1: <laughs> their coach and their quarterback going on <laughs> hey, to the national semifinals.
2: And Utah's good. I mean, well, yeah. a lot of times we we forget about Utah. Who is who did USC lose to? I can't remember who was it? Yeah. Oh, Utah, right? Yeah. So this is uh this is going to be a tough one.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, And we'll take a quick time out right now. Stay with us. Much more to come after we pay some bills. Stay with us. If you're a diabetic, we have great news.
4: You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject
5: daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160, 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Do you owe the IRS
4: $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on
5: your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's Uh, uh.
1: Uh, 800-816-4492. Well, so many times uh, college football fans complain that it's kind of the same old team just see in the same old places this time of year. Not so this year in the Big Ten, Uh, Michigan, as we've said before, first time back-to-back trips to the championship game. And for the first time ever, we've got Purdue representing the West. The Boilermakers come in 8-4. and Uh, What a job Jeff Brom has done with this team. Uh, But he uh, is fully aware, you don't have to to (laughs) convince him, the Boilers are definitely the underdog this weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium. Let's listen in to uh, what Coach had to say earlier this week.
10: Of course, we have our hands full. Michigan's played uh, lights out this week uh very well coached uh tremendous defense i think uh their front four plus basically their front seven will be the most talented team we played to date they're big they're stout they re- rotate a lot of guys in uh, good in the secondary uh just statistically one of the best defenses in the country and on offense you know the running game the tight ends the old line and then now a really uh athletic dynamic quarterback who can Make plays outside the pocket, you know. Extend plays, uh, throw the football vertically. Um, you know, right now they're they're the complete package. So,
5: Jeff, just just speak to the opportunity you've got here as a program on Saturday night.
10: We put ourselves in a position um, for this opportunity uh, to represent the Big Ten West to play in a championship game, to represent uh, this university um, and uh, this state, and go play. Um, you know, at Lucas Oil uh, for a Big Ten championship.
5: You feel like in the role of underdog, there's no pressure. You can kind of play free. Do you like? Do you like that role?
10: Well, yeah. There's going to be more pressure on Michigan, of course. Um, you know, they've got a chance to really do something special this year, uh, and they're in great position to do that. So, uh, for us, this is a a one game shot to uh, play in a championship game, and. Uh, roll the dice and see what we can do
5: knowing what we know about aiden o'connell's situation that he was dealing with on saturday was there ever the notion of him him not even playing the game and what do you think of the effort he gave given those circumstances
10: uh so yes there was concern uh about whether he would be available to play and understandably so we just wanted to support him uh as he was going through that and uh being around his teammates, uh, I think did slightly help. Um, and then, of course, he had to manage all the emotions and the things that he was going through, which you know, you know, I can't imagine how how hard it would be. So, I, without question, I give I give uh, Aiden a lot of credit. The Michigan running attack, Blake Corum, has been playing
11: as well as any running back in the country. Um, he's been dealing with an injury, so I'm not sure. You know, have his status or they have a backup running back in Donovan Edwards. That's What are the challenges for your defense?
10: Well, I think both these running backs are two of the best in the country and they've proven that uh, week in and week out. Uh, they've got a great offensive line. They play a bunch of tight ends. They get in running sets and then you throw in an athletic quarterback that can pull it at any point and run. Now you got to account for him. So that, that creates a lot of problems and it will be very challenging for us. So, you know, we have to figure out a way to be physical at the point of attack, put enough guys in the box to, to be able to stop the run. But yet, you can't cover in the pass because they took advantage of that uh, this pass game against Ohio State and hit a lot of big plays. That was it. That's why they were able to score a lot of points. They had big plays uh, in the passing game. They had big plays in the running game, and we have to eliminate the big plays. I think if you watch Michigan's defense, <laughs> there's not many big plays there. Uh, so they do a great job of not allowing the big play and making you earn it and work all the way down the field.
2: You know, it's a, it's a tough thing for Purdue. I mean, but the, the way I look at Purdue this week, they're playing with nothing to lose. They, they don't have anything to lose. They're not expecting to win. So you just got to come and just lay it all out there. You hope that um, Aiden O'Connell is able to play um, and play well because, you know, he's going through that real rough time with the loss of his brother and um, you know, our condolences to him and his family, but I, you know, I, I hope he's able to play well. I think that's the only chance Purdue has really is to hope that Michigan has a letdown and that Purdue's able to throw the ball and, and, get enough done through the passing game to to hang around and maybe have a chance to steal it at the end.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. You know, Purdue's the underdog, Michigan's the overcat. Um, There's not much of a – there's there's really not much chance here. But that's why they play the games, you know. You have those great upsets that people never thought could happen. Um, The odds are long. And Michigan's a really good team. I thought Purdue was going to have a better season than they did. But that offense is explosive, and and you know a couple flags here and there. Maybe they can move the ball when they need to.
1: Michigan already has sixteen uh, and a and a half point favorites uh, in this one. Um, as you look at again, Michigan number two, and uh, what a performance once again last week. Um, but I think again, as you mentioned, I really love what what this team has done. You talked about again, uh, you know, the quarterback uh, O'Connell, and um, you know how about his numbers: thirty one hundred twenty four passing yards, twenty two touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Um, you know, he was, and, and threw the ball a lot in this, uh, in this problem offense. Uh, and then the young kid mock I believe only a freshman. I I think he was also a walk-on, I think, um, 849 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. Um, you know, look, say what you want. They found their way here. There were seven teams in that division and they're the ones that, that won it outright. Um, I mean, and it wasn't a tie or some kind of tie break. They are the team in the West. So, um. You know, I mean it's one of those things that if they can get a win here, boy, they asked themselves their names into school history, um, and a very proud program there in West Lafayette.
2: Yeah, and that would be a it would be a huge upset, but also it would be there, they would make a mark. I mean, this would be fantastic for, for their legacy, and they go into the off-season recruiting saying, Hey, we're the big 10 champions, and it, it would mean something. Yeah, and
3: look, this is what every kid who plays sports dreams about when they're You know, there's Purdue fans growing up and, you know, a kid's getting a pass from his dad and he's trying to keep one foot in bounds and he's dreaming of the time that he wins a Big Ten title for Purdue. They got their opportunity to do this. This is what they've all dreamed of. Now, see if they can pull off the upset.
1: And keep keep in mind, Purdue over the past five years, seven and six against ranked opponents. So uh, you keep hope alive. Eight o'clock Eastern time kickoff. And that game can be seen on Fox Saturday night. Again, the winner taking the Big Ten crown. We think either way, Michigan moves on
9: to the CFP. Stay with us. We move on with some other stories around the country after this. Are you tired of your friends and family members being the center of attention? Always the life of the party? Always the one who knows something no one else does? Then change the game with the thelinieguys.com. Insider info on your favorite teams. Analysis on the latest games. Weekly chats with coaches. You take control of the room with IlliniGuys.com. Regular updates from the experts put you courtside and in the locker room. But wait, there's more. Act now and get this free Guys sweatshirt. Comfortable. Stylish. Tell the world, I'm an Illini guy and you're not. Don't delay. This is a limited time offer. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the Black Friday button, and you are on your way to cool guy status feature articles game analysis members only message boards with insider info plus the cool sweatshirt all yours may they never ignore you again thanks to a
5: That's 800-613-8053. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk
4: with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health
5: insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828.
0: free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com now back to the studio and the guys from big sports radio
9: Well, some other stories going
1: around the uh, college football landscape. Let's start there. The Rolls Bowl, you know, they were threatening to uh, hold on to their time slot on New Year's Day, and that put the whole college football expansion thing in jeopardy, like potentially losing half a billion dollars. Uh, but guys, they have agreed, and so we will expand to 12 teams coming in 2024.
2: I think it's great. I, I think that they need to expand to 12 teams. I think that, you know, so many. We've got all these conference championships games this week that are basically irrelevant. I mean, you know, Georgia and Michigan are in, and so now they're just playing a game that doesn't mean anything. But imagine if LSU and Purdue could win those games right now, and then they would get a, the auto bid yeah. from a conference, like in and really, yeah. yeah, like in basketball. I mean, that makes these games so much more fun to watch and so much more intriguing. When you know you're going to be in, now you could say, well, Georgia knows they're in. But Georgia and Michigan are now playing for top four seeds, so they get the bye, right? So there's there, there's so much more intrigue added to the college football landscape. And you also don't, don't feel like a team is playing this game. Like USC's playing their championship game, and the only thing they have to win to get in, if they lose, they're probably out. So they're playing an extra game while other teams just sit on the side and watch. Well, they could be knocked out of the playoff. Yeah. Hoping they lose. I mean, now you'd be saying, well, Hey, they're all in, but now you're playing for seed still matters, but maybe you know, now we get the right teams in there.
3: Yeah. And I found it just um, unbelievably amazing that the, that the Rose bowl with its tie in with the big 10 decided to come in the same time that uh, the big 10 is, is uh, going, bringing on USC and UCLA. So it's, it's going to be like a fantastic you got a new big 10 um you've got a new playoff system the 12 team system so we know that they can just permanently put alabama in and most likely <laughs> ohio state will be in permanently but the bottom line is 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 with this you know eight games and then leading you know or four games leading into mm-hmm. the the four games with the teams that are 1 through 4 this is going to be unbelievable and Will college football be able to take the NFL off the television throne?
1: Oh, I think they're going to go toe to toe. It's going to be a lot of fun to to watch, especially that time of year. And uh, we're going to do a lot of that uh, next week. Once we have the final rankings come out, we're going to talk about not just a 12 team that's coming, but what if we had 16 teams right now? Uh, It's actually doable and it's a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. We're going to talk a lot about that next week. Uh, here on the show hey speaking of college football a couple of big hires in the big 10 matt rule going to nebraska last saturday and then less than 36 hours later wisconsin grabbing luke fickle from cincinnati uh who wins this battle among two big 10 west teams
2: very interesting hires um rule made sense at nebraska it really did it it fits i I think it's a good hire um nebraska obviously need to make a change um But the fickle one, I think, is a really good hire. I'm just surprised at how many schools he turned down before he went to Wisconsin. But I guess it makes sense when I saw how much money Wisconsin is going to pay him every year. <laughs> I would not turn that down either.
3: Did I wonder, did they put something in the contract that he can't go to Ohio State if Ryan Day gets unseated, um, would be <laughs> one thing. And then the other thing is, is with these guys, uh, both of them have... Uh, much more uh, crazy, wide open offenses than what you typically see in the Big Ten. Are we going to start seeing the Big Ten come into the uh, the the up up to modern era in terms of offenses? And to me, that's very intriguing. Uh, com- you know, because you've got Iowa who kind of has an offense. You have Illinois who's <laughs> relatively conservative. Um, it it's going to make for some great matchups there in the Big Ten.
1: No question about that. And and I believe, too, that uh, Matt Rule's contract, uh, I think I saw a quote from athletic director Trev Alberts, is 90% guaranteed. I mean, the buyout money is just insane. Um, and by the way, I know yeah. you're going to say, wait a minute, but the Panthers still owed him money. Yes, they did. And uh, the Panthers and Nebraska negotiated and worked all that out. So uh, bottom line, he's, he's get paid. That's the bottom line. And who else is getting paid? Aaron Judge. Did you see the reports of the contract the Yankees have put in front of him?
2: Yeah, for especially for a guy his age, the length, the number of years—I mean, what a thirty, thirty-seven and a half million a year or something like that—it's it's it's pretty good money if you can get it to hit a baseball, Um, you know. So judge, but you know what? Guy hits sixty-two home runs; he deserves it, right? I mean, isn't that the way it works? I mean, I guess that's that—you you produce, you get paid,
3: and you bet on yourself, and then you come through you get paid big time. So I I got nothing but congratulations for him. He could have settled for a lesser deal. He didn't. He took the risk of getting hurt. He took the risk of falling on his face. And he went out and hit 62 home runs. Good for him.
1: Meanwhile, Ronaldo, if you think that's a lot of money, how about his contract? Brad, you were saying in the break, $200 million for one year?
2: $217 million. He's going to go play in Saudi Arabia. It's like, it's the live soccer league, I I guess. I don't know. It's just, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous amount of money. And look,
3: I want to put this out there for any sports radio show that you need in Saudi Arabia. The three of us are willing to come over there and we will do it for one year for a hundred million. Yep. So We'll, we'll split.
2: Standard. We'll split the hundred million too. We'll exactly.
3: Leave. We'll split the hundred million. We'll
2: do it for pennies on the
9: dollar. We'll find a way.
2: We could talk Saudi Arabia soccer. I,
3: I don't. I'll talk whatever they want to for that type of money. <laughs> we'll talk oil. Who knows? We'll do whatever. Talk we oil, need. harems, whatever. You're
0: listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy.
1: Well, we said goodbye this week to the ACC- Big Ten Challenge. Uh, It is no more, dating back to 1999. But with ESPN getting shut out of the massive new Big Ten media deals that starts next summer, this was really uh, wasn't talked about when all that went down earlier this fall. But this was this was inevitable.
2: Yeah, it was, and you know it's sad because you know you see some great matches. I'll be honest with you. I thought this year they did a really poor job putting teams together and who played who. But overall, it's been over over the years, it's been a pretty good. Uh, it's been a pretty good event. It's been fun to see, you know, top-ranked teams from two different conferences go head-to-head um, in, a, in a challenge format. And we've seen some great matchups, great games over the years, and I hopefully we can see some home-and-home events between some of these teams that, uh, that they can put together now with the Big Ten ACC Challenge itself being uh, taken away. Sounds like they're doing a ACC-SEC Challenge. So, you know, whatever.
3: Yeah. And and of course the big 10, big 12 challenge will be exciting to kind of replace that as well. So, um, you know, but, but I, I will say that, you know, you go back over the years and think about some of the big games that we've watched and some of the classic moments um, we'll, we'll miss that. And as Brad said, maybe we'll see, you know, teams like um, Michigan state, Michigan, uh, Illinois, Indiana, you know, scheduling the Dukes, North Carolinas, et cetera. Maybe we'll see, get a chance to see some of those uh, over the years, but it's definitely going to be a difference.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of like a, a big 10, big 12 matchup. And I think later, depending on what happens with conference realignments, um, you know, maybe some other matchups too, that uh, it could be a lot of fun uh, with that. So, well, I'm curious. So the, the games are done now, the ACC winning pretty handily. She said kind of some strange matchups here. Um, who are some teams that you think uh, helped themselves and actually won uh, for themselves this week?
2: Well, I think Illinois showed that they're, they're legit. Um, I, I think that they, you know, the, you know, huge 30 point win over Syracuse. Um, I was, you know, for me, Maryland beat Louisville, but Louisville's not very good. Obviously as we know <laughs> I, I, my big winner, another big winner for me, Wake Forest winning at Wisconsin, really yeah. good win for the demon Deacons. Uh, I thought that was good. A uh, little disappointing for Wisconsin. The Virginia Michigan game was really exciting, and and what I'll say about that is I thought Michigan played about as well as they can play, and yet they still, um, they still lost to Virginia at home. So that's a tough one. And uh, you know, I, Chris Murray. I mean, I always got another Murray who's fantastic. Um, I I think Michigan State was kind of a no show. Um, that was kind of a disappointing effort against Notre Dame, but. You know, Indiana beats North Carolina, but remember, North Carolina was number one at the beginning of the season. They're not that good, and and, and I hate to say, I said this before the year because, yeah. and if you recall, we can go back and call this. I said this because everyone referred to them as the team that lost the national championship game instead of the team that was an eight seed, right? right. You know, what I mean, they had a great run. Don't get me wrong; for five games, yeah. they were fantastic. Yeah, but they were an eight seed. They're playing like an eight
3: seed.
9: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Totally. As as Denny Green would have said, they they are who we, <laughs> we thought, thought they, they were. were. <laughs> yeah, he you know? Yes. And um uh, you know, as I look at it, I guess I was relatively shocked by um uh I just didn't see Michigan State, you know, stubbing their toe quite like that. Um I really was was hoping to see UNC give a better, uh, you know, accounting of themselves, but you play a tough Indiana team and you play them on the road. That's not an easy thing. Uh, And, and also, I guess I, I'm a big proponent of that Ohio state team with the talent that they have. And um, I thought you had to tip your cap. I wasn't certain if Duke could handle them. I know it was at home, but nonetheless, they still kept that comfortable lead for most of the second half.
1: Yeah, I thought I was really impressed with Virginia again. That you, like I said, they Michigan battled them as well as they could. Michigan is uh, not ranked, but but they're a top twenty-five caliber program, right? I mean, with uh, Hunter Dickinson, you know, one of the better players in the country. Um, you know, but again, Jed
2: Howard, Jed Howard's really good, and Jed Howard's you. really good.
1: Yeah, and and he showed off. And I think that's the thing that even though Michigan lost, I think the Wolverines may have gained something in playing and a loss to Virginia, much as we saw Illinois the same way when they lost to Virginia. So um, I thought kind of a win for both of those, Um, a win for Duke. I think that John Shire and this program needed to get a big win. Uh, They don't play ranked non-conference teams at home very often. I mean, I think the one against uh, Illinois a couple of years ago was, was the first in years. It just never happens. Um, But that that was a big win for that program. Um, Because if you lose that, you know, a lot of questions already early on for John Shire, who, as we've talked about, has just been put in an impossible uh, situation, like what Illinois did. I think Illinois' defensive effort was really um, one of the the underrated, I think. It was more about Bayheim and what they didn't do and how they couldn't score. Give some credit to the Illinois defense. They've got a lot of athletes there. Um, and then the same with Indiana, like you said, big win at home um, You know, to cap this off. So was supposedly the marquee game, I guess, of this whole series. But like you said, like with North Carolina and like with uh, Kentucky and like with Gonzaga, how good are these teams. I mean, you can't really rely on preseason rankings uh, the way you could before. It's just not the same. They're just going to put the same teams in the top 10 just because. So um really impressed with them. I, I thought, again, same thing, Michigan State disappointing, Wisconsin disappointing. I thought those were two teams that really just didn't show up and kind of hurt themselves in this.
2: Yeah, I agree. Agree with you completely.
3: Yeah. And disappointing is, and, and I was also, to be honest with you, based on the way those coaches get their teams prepared, I was really surprised too. I just I didn't see that coming, you know, and the other thing is, is taking over at UNC and taking over at Duke for a legend. I don't know that you want to be the coach who follows a legend, you know, general fashion, you know what usually, I
1: mean? Usually doesn't work out. Um, but you no, know,
2: the, the, the pay is pretty good though. So, I, it so it saying, is. I've 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 agreed to go ahead and take that job um, for just for a couple of years. Just to, <laughs> but they, you know, so, well, I, but I do have to say, I, I go back, I'm going to harp on this again. Remember when Virginia lost in the first round and everybody made fun of them? Yeah. But they were one seed, right? Right. What happened the next year? They won it all. Yeah. That's what one seeds do. They yeah. they, they 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 stay that way. Eight seeds don't. Okay, so I'm done. I'm <laughs> off my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. Well,
1: I think we all agree Virginia's the team to beat in the ACC. I mean, am I am I right? I mean Yeah, they
2: are. They're the they're they're so disciplined. Um defensively, they're always in the right spot. They're old. Um, they're veteran. They've got guys who've been there. I mean, that's exactly the kind of team that wins with Tony Bet. You know, if you look on Pomeroy, they're actually favored to win every game the rest of the season. Already, really, they're favored oh. on. You know, and that that's rare. And yeah. that's home and away. And you know, some of them are close. Don't get me wrong. They play Houston at home. That's going to be a tough one. And they've got a you know a couple at Virginia Tech will be tough at Duke, of course. You know, at North Carolina, rather that'll be tough. Um, but yeah, but they're favored to win every game.
1: But you know what? Again, we talked about this even last year. The ACC is not what they used to be. I mean, no. you know, I mean, you, you, we may get to again first of February and have two ranked teams in the ACC. I mean, and maybe not even that. I mean, it's uh, and awesome. you
2: know what? It may be a, we could get to February and have two ranked teams, and neither one be Duke or North Carolina. That's true. Yeah. How about that?
3: Well, we we know one of them is going to be Virginia. Exactly. And and it was very interesting to watch. You know coach Bennett, you know, cause he, he was relaxed that whole game against Michigan. He was not, um, he didn't look nervous at all. He looked, he, he was much more intense and agitated against Illinois. Um, that team is going to do some real damage in the ACC this year.
1: Kudos as well, before we go to break to the Purdue Boilermakers, uh, fifth in the country, they survive a little bit of a test with Florida state, but the big, big wins, uh, last weekend, uh, taking down Gonzaga and Duke and that tournament out there in Portland, uh, silencing all the critics who were asking about the Big Ten this year. Well, uh, the Big Ten uh, said, yeah, we're we're right here. Seven teams ranked already in the Big Ten here in the opening three weeks. Um, and they've uh, delivered some of the biggest knockout punches uh, in this uh, early, we- early part of this uh, college basketball season. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to find my tongue and we're going to talk some more after this. <laughs> Stay with us.
5: I, I
2: got it. right here.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
5: That's 800-613-8053.
9: Well, we're still having too much fun here in the studio. Hopefully you're having a good
1: time as well here in this uh, big college football weekend. Uh, but, you know, college basketball is here as well. And, fellas, we're about a month into the season now, and we thought we would take just a moment to talk about um, some of these teams and maybe some teams that uh, the pundits uh, got way wrong and had them way overvalued, and maybe a few that they missed on. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I, I may have. As we as you know, I've been talking about this one. I, I feel like North Carolina is more like the eight seed than the, than the team that made the championship game. And the, it's kind of been my rant. And, you know, we take a team that was an eight seed, they had five good games. Then all of a sudden they're, they're the number one team in the country. Um, I, I think, you know, I think the teams that have been good are Houston, I think Virginia, Arizona, that they've all been good. Purdue's been surprised. Baylor's the team that's was over, you know, overrated early on. Um, and, and I think they're still overrated, you know, and and that was kind of shown with their, the debacle against Marquette. Um, I, I think that a lot of times we just Gonzaga. Saga I, I think they're fine. I don't think they're near as good as they have been. I don't think Duke's as good as they have been. Kentucky was overrated in the off season. I, I think many times we just throw these teams in there just because of name. And also because we think, well, they're, you know, they got, they, they were good at one point. And so maybe they're going to be good. They have high ranked guys, but until you see them on the floor, it's hard to do. I get it. But, I was just there are a lot of teams that I think are they overrated during the preseason. And then you got teams like Maryland, you know, and in Illinois who started the season unranked who've kind of proven themselves.
3: Yeah. And there's some teams that um you look at like Houston's like a it's like a blast from the 80s, but that team looks about as formidable as as you could look here early in the season. Um Texas has been a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought they were going to be good, but I didn't think they'd be as good as they played. Um, and then you even run into Michigan State. We thought they were good early, but maybe it was because of who they played that they appeared to be as powerful because they they you know had a challenge here this week. Um, I, I can't wait to get into a few more of the big non-conference games. And then just around the corner is Big Ten play. And then that's when they start settling it with uh, with some elbows, too.
2: Mike, Mike, it's funny. You mentioned Texas. But you know what their signature win is? Gonzaga. Yeah, and, yeah, that's
3: and, fair. And, and yeah. then so
2: you wonder, well, how good is Gonzaga? Because we don't know. They did beat Xavier. But, you know, they've gone from number one, number two, to 14. You know, and, yep, uh, you know, they haven't really, you know, they beat Michigan State by one point. Well, Michigan State just got rolled by Notre Dame by 18. So, how good are these teams actually? You know they got a Gonzaga beat Kentucky. Well, that's great, but Kentucky is four then. But are they really number four? No, they're not. You know, so that's so.
3: a real slap, Brad at UT Rio Grande. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is. You're right. I'm sorry. Don't we dismiss? <laughs> what are they? The jack? What are they like? Jackrabbits or something like? What are they? <laughs> I don't um, even know what their name is. That's South Dakota state. They're North. the they're the Vaqueros.
1: Vaqueros. Yeah. They've got those uniforms look like a YMCA. Uh, it's it's like mom like ironed the the, the letters on it back in the eighties. We just
3: need the village That's people awesome. to do the letters, you know.
9: There you go. So uh, it's fun
3: to be at the RGV.
1: <laughs> you RGV. But, but guys, to your point, you're exactly right. It's it, you don't have a litmus test, like you said. I mean, okay, so Gonzaga was was up. Well, Purdue beat Gonzaga. Well, um, Michigan State almost beat Gonzaga. Gonzaga runs. Kentucky Gonzaga loses to Texas, but were they very good? And I mean, you're exactly right. It's, it's so hard to get a litmus test to get a feel for who these teams are and, and, and what they are. And I think that's the thing that just makes it so strange right now. And it's almost like, really, it, it's one where we've talked before, you know, they take just the, the big name teams and put them in with one exception. And there's one team that's come out and been dominant in March in the last two years. And that's Houston. Yep. So again, I, you know, you guys know, that's always my, you know, my cause celebrate. I'm always on the soapbox. You got to get into the second weekend. You got to get into the second weekend. You got to get into the second weekend come March. And Houston's done that with a final four. And I believe last year, I think it was an elite eight before they finally, it uh, finally uh, went by the wayside.
3: Yeah. And they're so, they are so athletic yeah. that the turnaround time of a tournament to prepare for what they do on the court defensively and aggressively it has to be just a bear to try to figure that out in a forty-eight hour turnaround.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. They're so they're the other thing. They're athletic. They're so phys. Fiz- they play so physical. The one thing that always is the knock on those guys is they tend not to shoot it well enough, yeah. and, and that that's been their knock. And if they shoot it well, you're in trouble. You yeah. I mean, you're like, you're, you're going to lose most likely. So. You know, they've got some good games coming up. It'll be fun to watch those games. I think Houston, Virginia will be like the race to double digits. Whoever gets double digits <laughs> wins. <laughs> First one to 13 goals. wins. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, no, it's fun to, I mean, but it's it's going to be so much fun. But I don't think we're going to know anything till really we get to the new year. Who are the teams that are going to rise above? And, you know, we'll find a lot of teams in this middle ground. But who are the elite teams? We're going to find out over the next probably three, four weeks uh, as we head into conference play and has it gets started.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and um, you know, when you look at this Houston team, I like the way they're scheduling because they play in a conference where you're not going to get a lot of opportunities against ranked teams or, you know, if you're more of a purist, uh, RPI top 50 or net top 50, it's not going to happen too much in their conference. So what a great litmus test for them to go out and play, not just a top 10 team, uh, but a team that's really well coached. And, and I think we you know, we can argue right now with some of the, the guys who have uh, retired and left the game recently Tony Bennett now rises up as, as a top 10 coach in college basketball. That's a really fun game to watch because I think Kelvin Sampson uh, take away all the stuff he's done, <laughs> you know, throughout his career, that's questionable. Um, in the end, he's a great exes and those coach.
2: Oh, there's no question. Kelvin, I mean, Kelvin Sampson has been successful at every stop and yeah, he's got the off the court stuff, but you know, if you look at it, there's a lot of guys that have the off court stuff, you know, you know, whether it's Calipari self, whoever it is, well, the reality is that at the end of the day in college athletics, the guys that win, we brush under the rug what they did. They may have to move from one job to another, but we brush it under the rug and, and and they win enough. And, and Samson, you know, now he's winning at Houston. You know, yeah. I just, I mean, Houston, yeah, was a power back when they had five slam and jamma, but that was a long time ago. So I was, I was like young back then. So I'm not anymore. So yeah, that was
3: that was 40 years ago with Guy Lewis as coach and I mentioned the name Guy Lewis to my kids and they just looked at me confusedly. But we'll we'll find out something about Houston because basically and Larry talked about it but on on December 10th and December 17th, you know, one week apart, they play Alabama and Virginia. Mm-hmm. And those will be games that if you enjoy college basketball, you're going to highlight those on your calendar. You're going to watch them and have a great time. And we'll also find out a little bit about this team.
9: Well, that's
1: kind of what we've seen Gonzaga do. Some of these uh, programs that through the years, again, don't have the very strong conferences. You need to have those games for the committee come March to show that you can go toe to toe with these guys. Um, The difference is, I mean, listen, take nothing away from Gonzaga. What Mark view has done what, Like you said, what Kelvin Samson has built there recently um, is simply outstanding. Um, and I think it's fun for college basketball, so to see what Houston can do with that.
9: Stay with us. We've got much more coming up here. This is Big Sports Radio. Are you tired of your friends and family members being the center of attention? Always the life of the party? Always the one who knows something no one else does? Then change the game with the line com. Insider info on your favorite teams. Analysis on the latest games. Weekly chats with coaches. You take control of the room with IlliniGuys.com. Regular updates from the experts put you courtside and in the locker room. But wait, there's more. Act now and get this free Guys sweatshirt. Comfortable. Stylish. Tell the world, I'm an Illini guy and you're not. Don't delay. This is a limited time offer. Go to IlliniGuys.com. Click the Black Friday button and you are on your way to cool guy status feature articles game analysis members only message boards with insider info plus the cool sweatshirt all yours may they never ignore you again thanks to a lot dot guys.com Sign up today. Do
4: you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance
5: may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio
0: Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy.
1: Glad you're still with us here on Big Sports Radio. Did you know you could win a hundred dollars each week? Yeah, go to bigsportsradio.com, sign up for free, and follow the instructions to get your free cash each week. It's BigSportsRadio.com. Hey, we are aware that the one thing we haven't talked about much this week is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Listen to the Victors go the spoils, Michigan and Purdue getting the lion's share of attention, as it should be. But we do feel that we should hear from Coach Ryan Day. Now Coaches whose teams are not playing this weekend took the week off from the media. They'll reemerge once bowl selections are made and they get back into their postseason practice. So this sound is a bit dated, coming from last week's postgame presser. But it gives you an idea of days and the Buckeyes' state of mind following that loss to the rival Wolverines.
8: Ryan, you were really blunt last year. You just called what happened there a failure. Um, I'm sure you feel similar right now. Does this feel worse than it happened again or, or what are your emotions right now as you evaluate this
12: you know hard to um, hard to say right now because this is not the outcome that we all envisioned um, I thought we had a really good preparation I thought uh, we were building towards uh, playing really well in this game and, and we were fighting there in the first half and I I felt you know really good going into the second half and, and we just didn't execute well enough in the second half so um, you know I don't know how to answer that other than you know, I thought we played hard, I thought we were fighting out there, but in the end, we came up short.
4: second row left Dan hope, uh, eleven warriors Ryan, when this is your goal, and two years in a row, you guys come short of that goal, like where do you go from here what What do you do to move forward from this?
12: Well, we'll figure out what's next, you know I don't know exactly what is next right now, but that's life at Ohio State, and um you know I certainly know what this game means to everybody and um and so, you know, when you lose, you know, it all comes back to me. I'm the head coach, and and that's uh, what probably hurts the most. Uh, over to the right, Adam Rittenberg,
1: ESPN.com. Yeah,
2: Ryan, this obviously was a play-in game for the Big Ten Championship. You guys aren't going to be going to that game, but do you feel like you, you still deserve con- consideration for the playoff, or is that tough after the performance like today?
12: Well, I, I mean, I thought we were in it, and uh, we were fighting there at the end. It obviously got out of control down the stretch, but, you know, it wasn't like um, – you know, we were outmatched in terms of, you know, uh, just overall play, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as we get uh, to those decisions, you know, I think you got to look at the body of work and, and what we've done. And, um, you know, we got a lot of good pieces on this team and we came up short today. But but I think, you know, if we were able to get a shot and top four, we'd be a dangerous
8: team. Uh, second row left, uh, Cameron T. Robinson, the athletic. Ryan, you mentioned the coverage breakdowns. So I'm curious, as a play caller, when – your offense is struggling with penalties and you're you're getting behind schedule and then defense goes on the field and you have a big break breakdown, how does that affect what your mindset is in terms of aggressiveness as a play caller?
12: Yeah, I mean it it all goes into the to you know the game. You know, you um when you feel like you're playing good defense, you know, you feel like you're you're playing the ball control game and, and you can go back and forth a little bit when when you feel like you're giving up some ground and you feel like you gotta catch up quickly and try to get it back a little bit faster, you know, because the game's getting away from you. So um, you know, all those things go, in, go into your mind while you're in the game. Uh, over to the right, Bill Landis, uh, rivals. Ryan, when you're <clears throat> weighing decisions like that punt um, on fourth and five in the third quarter or the late field goal you kicked, how much do you take into consideration the message that sends to your team there and whether or not you felt like those decisions maybe sapped any of the aggressiveness out of your team? I, I think in games like that, you know, um, you, you you have to play the field position game and, you know, fourth and five and, you know, around midfields, uh, if it was fourth and three, fourth and two, you know, I think maybe you take a shot there. Uh, I didn't feel like we were desperate at that point. Um, and so I felt like that was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, I just feel like, you know, you're not in those situations if you're converting on third downs. And uh, we didn't do that today.
1: Uh, over to the left, Doug dot cleveland.com.
2: Ryan, how much do you feel like emotional and intangible things go into determining who wins this game? And how did you feel like your team handled that this week and today? Yeah,
12: I, I, I thought we had a great week. I thought, like you said, emotionally we, were, we came into this thing swinging. Um, but we came up short. So I just got to get my mind wrapped around why that happened today and how in the end we didn't, we didn't finish this thing the right way. Uh, over, over to the right, Dylan Davis, Delaware Gazette.
9: You talk so much about competitive stamina and toughness, obviously, all year long. Um, it's been a big trademark for your team. At halftime, you still had to leave despite all the miscues and mistakes. Did you feel like that team was flat coming out of the second half? And is, I guess is that maybe the biggest disappointment is that you didn't respond in the second half. Right.
12: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I felt like, you know, we were we had a lot of juice coming out of the locker room, but we, we just didn't didn't do it. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, we're winning, you know, winning at halftime and and felt like we were in a decent spot to go play. We got a you know, the thing my message to the team was we got to win the first six minutes of the third quarter right here and then go from there. And, and that didn't happen.
1: Uh, second row uh, aisle, Lori Schmidt,
2: Columbus Dispatch. Coach,
13: could you evaluate C.J. Stroud's performance today? I mean, his numbers were good, but uh, you look at the opposing quarterback and his numbers may look even better and maybe needed an all-world effort today.
12: Yeah, I mean, I-, I thought he competed. I thought he played hard all the way to the end. Um, you know, made some good throws. And um, there's nobody who wanted to win more than C.J. Stroud today. Uh, uh, front row,
4: uh, right, Tim May, letterman row.
9: Thank you. thank you Jerry uh
4: Brian, i'm just wondering when you lose a game like this but there were like four or five just haymaker plays that they hit uh is, is it more stunning what 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 is that sense you have right now and then also they were basically not afraid to take some shots i mean uh, because everybody thought it would come down to JJ McCarthy having to throw the ball to beat you guys and bingo you know i mean just i don't know how do you put this one in the file i guess
12: well you got to obviously go back and, and, and evaluate before you just say something that's probably incorrect because everything's happening so fast. But um, certainly there were breakdowns in the back end. I mean, that was clear to see. Um, and, you know, when you do that in a big game, then, um, you know, you, you saw what happened. And the march for error is so, so tiny. And all of a sudden, you know, the floodgates kind of open up and the game gets out of control and um, it should have never happened.
4: Feedback you were getting from CJ from from plays y'all called and stuff. Sometimes it looked pretty good out there throwing the ball down the field, sometimes not. I mean, what was the feedback you were getting and did they throw y'all throw y'all some curveballs, I guess, defensively?
12: No, no, I don't I don't think so. I mean they they you know they're they're a good defense, number one defense in the country statistically, and, and they did good. Uh, you know, did a good job coming in with a with a solid game plan, but um there wasn't anything out there that we hadn't seen before. Um and uh, so you know again I, I think we we just in the end didn't make enough plays.
1: And final question, uh, front row, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch.
3: Ryan, As far as the running backs go, Chip hadn't had much of a, a role carrying the ball for you until this game. What went into to using him as much as you did, and 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 just how did you think he did? And, and also, Mayan, uh, was he full strength? Just
12: yeah. Well, not having uh, we didn't have Trey available, and then Mayan, um, you know, was coming off of of his ankle, and um, you know he, he gave it a shot. But um, you know there were some runs in there early that. You know, he maybe uh, wish he had back. I don't know. But uh, but then, you know, um, and we felt like Chip could go in there and give us a little bit of a shot, even though he hadn't played. You know, we had to play some depth. So Dallin got in there a couple times, and and then uh, and then Chip as well. So, um, you know, the good news is we had some pretty good depth there, but um, certainly mine wasn't, um, you know, 100% today.
1: Ryan Day there. Ohio State at an incredible 29-4 and over the past three seasons with a major bowl to come. But no wins over Michigan during that stretch. Sleepless nights abound in Ohio. A few other notes. Former Michigan starting quarterback Cade McNamara making a quick decision. Just days after announcing uh, that he's going to transfer, he chooses Iowa as his destination. McNamara led the Wolverines to their first-ever college football playoff appearance last season, but lost his gig to the highly touted J.J. McCarthy. His uh, soon-to-be former teammate Blake Corum going to undergo surgery. He will not play this weekend in Indy nor in a bowl game. Coram suffering a knee injury in the win over Illinois two weeks ago. Michigan defensive lineman Mazie Smith will be with the team this weekend in Indy despite facing a felony charge That was filed this week in relation to an early October incident. And in some non-Michigan news, as we talked about at the top of the show, college football will expand its playoff to 12 teams in 2024. The Rose Bowl was the last holdout to sign off on the new deal, but finally joined the club earlier this week. Hey, stay with us. The NCAA volleyball tournament is underway. We'll break it down for you and hear from the defending national champs next on Big Sports Radio.
0: Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio.
1: The NCAA tournament is underway in volleyball and the Big Bad Badgers looking to make it two national titles in a row. Wisconsin's ready to defend what's theirs. The Big Ten champs talking about what's ahead earlier this week. Here's Big Ten Coach of the Year Kelly Sheffield along with student-athletes Izzy Ashburn and Devin Robinson.
13: It doesn't get any better than than the postseason, right? I mean, it's a uh, uh, he, it, players train all all year long for for these opportunities that are in front of them, and and the excitement of uh, uh, when you advance, you you lose, you're done, um, is just ex- exhilarating. It's, uh, um, you know, we're thankful for the season that we had, and uh, up to this point, and, and excited about Quinnipiac on uh on friday uh a, a team that we're we're uh diving into right now and they you know it's clear that they've had a great finish to their season and you know first time in the tournament it's a um you know, I was, uh, you know, like I was saying the other day, I've, I've been in that situation where at, at a school going to the tournament for the first time and the excitement and the energy behind that and and of, you know, coming back from a, being a sixth seed in the, in their tournament and, 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 and winning that, uh, conference tournament to get a bid to the, to the tournament, to the NCAA tournament. It's just, it's something that you never forget as an, as an athlete or as a coach. And, and, um, uh, you know, so congratulations to to them, and you, you know, we'll we'll get our sights on them, and then hopefully earn the opportunity of uh, of uh, playing a uh, another match the next night. So, um, yeah, we'll take your questions.
6: Um, I guess to start off with, uh, congratulations, Devin Kelly, Izzy, um, you know, winning the Big Ten title. Uh, but uh, as far as Kelly goes, I guess I was hoping. Uh, Izzy and Devin, can you speak a little bit to kind of maybe what, you know, with him being Big Ten Coach of the Year, what kind of sticks out to you in terms of how he's approached uh, the team this year?
11: Um, obviously, we we graduated a lot of really big parts of this team last year, and a big part of why people want to play at Wisconsin and why we wanted to play at Wisconsin was this continuous culture of, of uh, competing and, wanting to win and wanting to play together and just being a part of something so much bigger than um, yourself. And I think that that culture ultimately starts with what he, what he gives us and the way he speaks to us. And um, this team is the way this team is because we were able to, to continue that culture. And it, it just all stems from that. And it's just such a testament to, to the leadership and, the fact that we're able to to have this competitiveness and this this team drive every single year here with a different personnel and continue that culture on for our alum and for the people coming next is it's just such a huge part of this program. Yeah. And just like Izzy said, we graduated big players like Recky, Hilly, and Barnes. It's like they were such great players because he coached them the way that they need to be coached, and we're doing so well this year is because he knows what this team needs. So, it's a big part of it. For the
3: players here, um, you've just gone through a big battle to get to this Big Ten championship, and now you transition into tournament play. Is there a lesson from previous years, the success you had last year making that transition? You kind of went through a similar process during the season to get there. What do you take from that as you head into
6: uh, tournament play now?
11: Um well I think about it, it's like I know what it felt to go so far last year. It's like I want to feel that again. I want to get the girls who have never been there to that spot because it's just an amazing feeling and I feel like we just have to keep working for it. I know you brought up this weekend, this past weekend, two tough teams, two nights in a row, travel between um we talk a lot about how that has prepared us for the way the tournament is set up and just such quick turnarounds and every night's a great competition and the stakes are high. Uh, I think this last weekend was a really good um, prep week for that.
2: Kelly, I was just wondering, you know, after you know winning 18 straight, do you feel like heading into postseason play, you're playing the best volleyball of the season right now?
13: I think we're playing some really good volleyball and we continue to grow, which is, is exciting. It's a, um, you know, and it, I'm not just seeing that, but I can tell that our players are seeing that. They're, uh, they're, uh, there's excitement for still learning and, and, and getting better. Uh, it, it seems like the challenges that have been thrown at this team i don't think i've had a team that has had as much kind of coming at them and and that can that can beat you down right it can it can uh it can depress you it can frustrate you uh, you know it can overwhelm you and uh, this group probably more than any other group has leaned into that and um uh, they've leaned into the challenges and uh, and they've been fast and furious and they've responded. It uh, and I think when you do that, you you gain confidence. Uh, as uh, individually and collectively when, when you go through hard things together. And so I see a team whose confidence is continuing to, to rise um, because they keep answering the bell. And um, we're, we're playing good volleyball, but I, I, uh, we haven't seen our best yet. And uh, I, I think it, it would be across the board every single one of the players here would would probably uh, agree with that.
6: Kelly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Kelly, obviously there's bigger fish to fry than, you know, all conference teams that come out today, but I guess I want to get, you know, your thoughts on the players that you had recognized and just, you know, the honor that was given to you by, uh, you know, the coaches as as well as the media being coach of the year.
13: I mean, it's a, uh, I'd say it's a recognition of what the team has accomplished this year. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's 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 been a pretty successful season up to this point and and some players are are recognized for for that and and some other players aren't recognized for that but i but i think everybody here knows that we're getting great effort across the board from every player every single day that that allows there to be team success and some individuals that that pick up some awards so I don't know. It's a. Um, it, I can tell you this: there isn't any of our players that have come here for awards. You, you know that's that's not why they're here. They're for th- things that are that are bigger than that. Um, most of these players that are coming here have 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 picked up some nice awards throughout the their careers. Um, uh, but like Devin was saying, she's she's chomping at the bit to. to for the team stuff to you know to to really do some epic things to, together with your with your team and so um, yeah it uh,
1: yeah there you have it. <laughs> The Wisconsin Badgers, Big Ten champs for the fourth year in a row this season. NCAA champs a year ago. And again, looking to defend that title all the way to Omaha. 19-1 and one in the big this season. That's a new school record, by the way. Conference wins in a single season. They're at home this weekend as the number one seed in their region and number three seed overall. And they're versus Quinnipiac on Friday night. A quick timeout, and we'll hear from Nebraska and run down the rest of the NCAA volleyball schedule. That's next on Big Sports Radio. Do you owe the IRS
4: $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the
5: IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492 800-816-4492 That's
9: 800-816-4492. What an exciting race it was
1: in the last few weeks of the regular season as we continue here on Big Sports Radio and talking about the NCAA tournament in volleyball that's underway now this weekend with Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Ohio State all tied at the top before the Badgers' thrilling win in Lincoln and then a victory in Columbus, just for good measure, to sit alone at the top at the end once again. Coach Sheffield wasn't shy when he was asked about it earlier uh, this uh, week or earlier last week, I should say. He considers the Cornhuskers program and what John Cook has built there as the blueprint, and why not? Nebraska making its 41st consecutive NCAA tournament appearance At streak ranks second all-time. The four-time NCAA champion opening play Thursday at home with the first-round sweep of Delaware State. They haven't lost a first-round match since 1984. And it was NCAA tournament win number 91 for Cook, who is now tied for second all-time for tournament wins in NCAA history. Here is Cook and Matty Kubik and Lexi Rodriguez talking prior to that game versus the Hornets uh, about finishing up strong. You're in the postseason.
11: Yeah, I think the last couple of days, our team has made a really big commitment just to recover from last weekend and get our minds right and recognize the opportunity that we have the next couple of weeks with the tournament. And um, yeah, I think we're really excited for the opportunity and to start that tomorrow. Coach, is Ali starting to play six rotations.
14: As of right now, yeah
11: actually have those passing relationships and responsibilities kind
7: of sorted themselves out the last couple days in practice
11: i think it's getting a lot better i think that we're all
5: getting super comfortable back there and there we had to get through the rough patches but i think we're all pretty confident next to each other now and have dialed in the seams and the communication
3: between each other
11: questions what goes into the decision with um with Allie and just how things change um, from, you know,
14: two weeks ago to them? Well, what do you mean?
11: Just like when we were talking last week, you're like, oh, I've got a decision to make. Um, so how do you come to that decision?
14: Um, w- well, with Kenzie out, it makes the decision really easy. So it's one of our outside hitters has to go all the way around, besides Maddie. So we just really don't have another sub to play there. So it's either Allie we could put Lindsay in there or uh, Hayden. So I mean, those are really our only options. And uh, so uh, Allie passed pretty well last weekend. She held her own passing, um, and uh, and I thought she played pretty good defense. So I mean, she played six rotations last year, some of the matches early on. So, she, but you know, we're always developing those guys. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, you're gonna pass now and dig now. I mean, she trains defense every day. She trains passing every day. All the outside hitters do. So we're always training them because at some point in their career, we want them to be six rotations. Maddie's unusual in that. I think you played six rotations starting your freshman year, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, it's hard to find freshmen that can do that. You know, Michaela Fecky took two years. Uh, Lexi Sun took two years. I mean, it, it takes a while to, to get really good to be a six-rotation player. That's why they're they're so – hard to find recruit and they're so valuable to your program because you can't sub every everybody out of the back row.
13: Maddie and Lexi both unanimous picks for all first
9: uh, all big 10 first team how do you evaluate uh, kind of the season they've had and the respect that shows for
6: them around the
14: conference? Well it's a tough it's a tough team to make uh, and uh, you know again Maddie's a six rotation player that you know, did, does everything for us. The coaches recognize she she carries a big load for us and does a lot. And uh, so, I mean, coaches respect that and see that. And I know I look at the same thing when I'm voting. You know, who you know, if somebody's just three rotations compared to a six rotation outside. That's it's a big deal. And it's a it's, it's it's a it's a it's a hardest position to play. And Lexi's the best libero in the conference, so I'd call that a no-brainer.
11: Maddie, you recently announced that this is going to be your last season. What is it going to take for you to leap this team back to the Final Four and on high potentially end your career with a national championship? It's mm, a good question. Um, I think we've talked about this. I think we have potentially six more matches, and that's the maximum. And if we can play great volleyball and believe that we can win for six matches, I think this team can beat anyone in the country.
1: Nebraska head coach John Cook, along with Maddie Kubik and Lexi Rodriguez, they are the number two seed in their region behind Louisville and face Kansas in round two Friday night, looking to punch their ticket to the Sweet 16. Other Big Ten teams in the field. Minnesota is a three seed. The golfers playing Southeast Louisiana. Taylor Landfair named Big Ten Player of the Year earlier this week, the sixth golfer in the past eight years to receive that honor. Simply incredible. Landfair joining two teammates on the All-Big Ten squad as Minnesota looking for its fourth Final Four appearance under head coach Hugh McCutcheon. And the Golfers are riding a high after winning at Ohio State and at Nebraska last weekend to close out the regular season. Speaking of the Buckeyes, well, they are a three seed and they will play Tennessee State Friday night. Ohio State making its 25th NCAA Tournament appearance and they boast Kylie Murr, the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and Mac Pedraza, the Big Ten Center of the Year. Both of those, by the way, program first. Penn State is a four-seed in opening versus Maryland-Baltimore County, and Purdue is an eight-seed facing Tennessee in the first round. Lots going on, and we will uh, have those results for you on BigSportsRadio.com. A few final thoughts coming up after this timeout.
0: They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com.
4: If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid,
5: or private insurance. If you test and inject daily... You may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back
4: taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor
5: now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492 800-816-4492
7: Call 800-363-7934.
5: 800-363-7934. That's 800-363-7934. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. There's nothing more fun than going boating with friends. We were all out having a good time when all of a sudden, my best friend's hat flew off and without thinking, he jumped in the water to retrieve it. When we turned the boat around, he seemed to be struggling to keep his head above the water. We all started yelling, Pull the cord! Pull the cord! I pulled the cord and my life was
9: saved. I was wearing a belt-type inflatable life jacket. The wisest decision I ever made.
6: Life jackets worn. Nobody mourns. Learn more at pleasewearit.com.
0: Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio.
1: More coaching news. Uh, Meanwhile... Prime time Deion Sanders um confirming that he did get an offer from Colorado. Uh this prime time um uh, go to mountain time.
2: I think he's gonna end up going to South Florida. I think he likes being in the South. I think he's gonna go to South Florida. I think that's my prediction for him. Um, you know, and it's a great fit. You know he's gonna recruit well, and so yeah, it's fun to see what I mean. Here's the thing: he's been I I underestimated him. He's been fantastic as a as a college football coach.
3: Yeah, as a longtime Cowboy fan, I, I was not happy with his signing because of the dollars, but he was one of the most amazing football players I've ever seen. Um, it surprised me how good a coach he has been. Great for him. He's kind of moved up the scale. And I do think that uh that is the the pick that that I think he would make. Um, and I, I, he can, he doesn't need a big TV contract. He's Dion, he can get some people to show up and come play for him.
1: We know a guy who did have a $1.5 million parachute when he didn't get the Nebraska job was Mickey Joseph, and uh, that's probably gone now as he found himself in jail just days after Matt Rule got the job. Um, guys, this was crazy.
2: Yeah, he's gonna need that money for his attorney um so uh yeah it's it's sad you hate to see this stuff happen domestic violence is 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 a terrible thing um but you know i i don't understand it like you know i like i think we're talking a break when i get mad at my wife i go down to my man cave if she lets me um but yeah i mean that's 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 how i get my anger out
3: yeah i it, it's it's a it's a shame hopefully he'll get uh, the help he needs and the, you know, we'll trust the justice system to handle this. But what a, what a sad story you go from trying to get one of the top jobs in the country to, to this type of uh, story.
1: Yeah. It's, no um we all agree. There's no uh, place in uh, our society for domestic violence.
2: Maybe you could have the longest yard part due.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mickey Joseph. Sorry, Mickey Joseph. <laughs> Mickey just reached out and slapped you. Uh, (laughs) I just strangle you. Uh, Meanwhile, before we, uh, before we, we we let you go. uh, Jerry Stackhouse, the Vanderbilt coach just went ballistic. His player got a a technical foul and then he went nuts in the commercial break. Uh, Two technicals got ejected, actually had to have the police outside protecting the stadium, come in and escort him off the court as Vanderbilt playing a Virginia Commonwealth. And so, um, again, we, uh, we hope stack well, and, uh, he gets things together and we don't know what set him off, but he was not happy. We're happy. Uh, I you know we're disappointed that the show is over. Our, t- our time has gone by way too fast. As always lots going on in uh, college football, college basketball, and elsewhere. We hope you enjoy the games. We'll see you right back here. Same station, same time next week for Mike Kegley and Brad Sturdy and, uh, our guys are uh, working behind the scenes. I'm Larry Smith. Enjoy. We'll see you next time.
0: This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports LLC and Revision Sound. We'll be back next week on Big Sports Radio Network.